0: Spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. This is right out of the book of confidential investigations, right out of the book. Because I mean, I know we have the doctor on, he's going to be talking about emotions. Here's the story. Uh, I was hired by a doctor, a client of mine. Hired by a doctor, drives a Mercedes. He's driving um, on a three-lane highway going south for whatever reason gets distracted and he cuts off a man in a Chevy Silverado. Unknowns to him, he cuts him off. The next thing you know, this Chevy is in front of him and drives him into the last lane on the right-hand side, stops him, pulls right in front of him and stops him in his tracks. The male in the, in the truck gets out. He comes over with a heavy pace. My client did not release his seatbelt kept seatbelt on he did not lock the door the subject who was driving the truck came over pulled the door back grabbed the guy by the tie cocked his right arm back and was just about ready to fire one off and all of a sudden his eyes glazed back and he could hear his wife screaming his wife was behind him screaming stop what are you doing stop 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 what are you doing at that moment he kind of shook his head and let my client's tie go, released his right fist and looked startled and walked away from the Mercedes, got in his truck, and sped off. My client was able to get the license plate number and that's when I was called in. I tracked down this guy and met him at his house. We resolved everything, just put it that way. But he told me that he couldn't see anything else but anger. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that all of us need to pay attention to, we talked about focus and that focus matters and how hard it is to focus on happy things, how hard it is to focus on things that are going to make us better, how hard it is to block out the noise that interrupts our focus all the time, Steve. This guy, this is who you're going to be dealing with in our real world who is angry. Angry is so linear And so focused that nothing else gets in the way. All distractions are eliminated. The only thing that he could hear from a faint distance eventually brought him around was his His wife's wife's voice. voice. So when you think about pure focus and you think about the ability to focus, next time you want to sit down and focus on a test Mm. or you want to focus on improving your skills, playing tennis, martial arts. And then you think about all the distractions that are hitting in the head and how maybe you're only 60% there, 40% there. Next time you get angry. You think about how linear and how focused anger is, the point where you can hate somebody in a split second who could possibly be the person that you love the most. You can switch over in a second. Now you take that emotion and you have that person already charged up with that kind of focus and that kind of anger coming at you and you just finished your pizza and you're with your family and you're at a happy place. How are you going to get to that person's intense focus in a matter of a couple milliseconds. That's the question of training, that's the question of awareness, that's the question of observation, and that's where we're really at. That's where when you see and look at real, reality-based combat, even when you look at the martial arts, you see two people lining up, tapping fists, it takes a good three to five, maybe 10 seconds before they're really moving with, um, you know, excellent technique and hard, crisp, controlled strikes.
1: And I always say that's the major difference between MMA or sport combat, boxing, kickboxing, full contact fighting, because it's consensual between the two people. They had a ramp up time, if you will, backstage in the dressing room. They were doing push ups, They were jumping up and down, listening to motivating music. They had their trainers and coaches pumping them up, psyching them up. Here, like you said... You're having a beverage, you're
0: having a nice slice of pizza, all of a sudden, bam, unbeknownst to you, there it is. There it is. There it is. And I'm saying it for all reasons, that number one, from a combative point of view, how do you de-escalate a situation like that? And can you, like that doctor? He was a sitting duck, man. He was going nowhere but a bloody face. So now you've got not one but two people completely
1: out of the control situation because the one guy, he was consumed by his anger. It's almost an out-of-body experience. His body was acting without his mind uh, driving. And then the other guy, your client, sitting there in the car, he was in no way, shape, or form in control of that situation. Whatever was going to happen at that point was
0: totally dictated by the other guy. He froze. And, and the only thing we can do is look at this and observe. i tell you one thing. One of us, uh, we're all, all of us have this in common. We're all going to get angry in the future at something. My suggestion to everybody would just say, you want to see real focus? You want to see how it really works? Look at yourself when you're angry and see how well anger blocks out all the distractions. It's unbelievable. And how linear you can get. And it's all, anger is all because it's uh, driven by self. In other words, it, there is nothing about the other person that exists in your thoughts. It's totally one hundred percent ego, about ego driven, ego, self pity, I mean, yeah. self indulgence, and um, it's intense and intense. And and when you are just working on that kind of thinking, all distractions are blocked out. The only way you get there to understand it is to observe your own anger and bring it down. My wife and I have a rule. It's called the fifteen minute rule. Um, if we get in an argument we must resolve it within 15 minutes and get rid of that hate and get rid of that disconnection. Cause I know we're going to lose that time together and I don't want to lose that time. I know that doc's going to talk about the emotions and part of the thing, but you got to look at this as it exists in all of us and try to figure out how can we acquire that kind of focus in bettering ourselves? You know, how can we learn and why is anger so dominant in focus? Why does that happen? How does it all line up that way, that we're so focused and we're angry? Why can't we be that focused when we're, we're happy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or working on something that is good for us. Yeah. You know?
1: Next week on the show, we have Dr. Jared Spencer talking from a clinical standpoint of emotions. I'm hearing what you're saying. I like your observations based on what you're talking about, the story you shared. But now I'm kind of formulating in my mind, I hear two different things, but they're one and the same, almost yin-yang, if you will. Right. Number one, be in control of your emotions. You're not letting anger dictate and steer you. Right. I know that's easier said than done. That's some of what we'll talk about next week with Jared. Okay. But number two, anger isn't necessarily a bad thing because you said it's so intense. If it can be controlled anger, and there's a name for that, that's indignation. That's what I teach Mm -hmm. my students all the time. Indignation is incredible, intense displeasure over something that you perceived was wrongly done to you. Now, anger and rage, they're bad. They don't have control. If you have indignation, you have a wrath and you have fury, but you're in control. If you can control it, it can be good because that could have helped your client. Had this guy continued to do something to your client, he'd be a sitting duck, as you said. Right. And so he needed to be able to conjure up that indignation on the drop of a dime, on the flip of a switch.
0: Yeah. But you have to be able to observe yourself. Um, self-awareness. And, you know, self-awareness. Anger, true anger. You're out of it. I mean, you're in the lane of total focus, the lowest form of focus, obviously, but you're not looking at yourself at all. You're not observing yourself. I use anger in a lot of ways where I vent it, where I can observe on my own inability to pull something off. If I'm working on something, if I'm working on technique or I'm working on a project at the house, it's not going right. I'm trying like, well, what am I doing wrong? So I, I reverse the the intensity on me, not on the other person. What can I do to improve my skill level, to bring this up? You know, any good athlete will tell you that that intensity, that vibe that they create within their self, they turn it around almost, uh, almost like looking in a mirror and getting mad at yourself. Come on, man, bring it up. Let's go. Make it better. Make it better. You can do it. You can do it. That to me is called getting psyched, getting pumped up. Mm -hmm. We do that every night in class. We get pumped up. And if I don't get the class, if the class doesn't get pumped up, I always look for the weakest link in the class, the person who's dogging it. And the person who's dogging it, then it gets me upset. Then I get upset in a way where I'm getting pumped up, and I get the whole class pumped up. So in a good way, it's good for all of us. Right. And we get a good workout. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's basically what we do. I got you. Hey, just to go back
1: to, I'm really thinking about this situation with your client. It only didn't
0: happen because of his wife.
1: Right. But, yeah. But had his wife not been there. Who knows? Who that, knows? And that, then it's a totally different
0: story. That wife, that wife was his angel calling him back. I right. met the guy, I told you, I, I tracked him down. I confronted him. The nicest guy you ever want to meet. I mean I was prepared. Let me tell you something. I went over there, pulled up, studied the house for a while, surveilled it, staked it out, wait for he got back, watched every movie made, and then I approached him. I did my observation first. And when I approached him, I still wasn't sure he's was gonna flip the switch. He was the nicest guy. The nicest guy. He said, I don't know what happened to me. This is what happens. And the only way you can learn to deal with it is to train in that kind of intensity and atmosphere to the point where it's chaotic. Doesn't mean that you have to turn around and, you know, rip your seatbelt off and open the door and shoot the guy. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that sometimes that energy has to quickly make a difference in your own mind where you bring your energy up, get your hand out and say, back off, man. And if it continues, then you got a problem. But a lot of times, it's your physical state, your mental state, your eye contact, your words that are coming out of your mouth that are going to combat that right at the beginning stages. Why do you think most cops sit and most people who deal with this kind of stuff, why do you think they sit always with their back against the wall so they can observe who's coming in, who's going out? The martial arts has made me so much more observant, not of just others, but myself. Yeah. And that is the beginning of change and the beginning of becoming more vigilant on what you need to do. There's a local story that just happened this past week, and it's just
1: such a tragedy. Two guys, they got in a what would be considered like an old school, old fashioned fight. There were no guns or knives or any weapons involved. It was just a fist fight over probably some dumb misunderstanding. One punch thrown. The guy got hit. He fell down on the macadam and he cracked his head and he ended up dying from his head hitting The macadam, the ground, not from the punch. Uh, It's horrific that the guy died, but it's also a tragedy now that the guy threw the punch because he lost control. Like it sounds like this guy you're talking about, something came over
0: him, over one punch, and now his life's ruined as well. Right. And what we do, too, is we assess the situation. And I'll finish with this. We assess the situation sometimes with the wrong criteria. So here I am sitting at this guy's house, staking him out, thinking the worst, right? Ends up being a heck of a nice guy, and it was all resolved at the end. Mm. An example is this. Every year, we used to do a Harley run, take all our Harleys and go all the way down to a Harley run in South Carolina, and it was amazing. We did it for 15 years, my buddies and I. Rode all the way down, rode back, and then as it got older, we used to uh, trailer them. Well, I was down there one time, and you, when you're down that far south, you're you're with um, a lot of tough guys, <laughs> And at one point, I think we had, there was uh, 200,000 Harleys. Mm. And at night, you go to the same places, the roundups, you hang out, you take a look at everything. And I'm sitting on this, this kind of this wall, along with a bunch of other guys. And it's hot. It's like 90 some degrees, really humid. And everybody's, you know, they're having a beer and we're. All sitting there talking. And I'm to my left is this guy. I don't know. He's got, you know, big guy, man. Big, bigger than me, tats on the on the side of his arm. And, you know, I could tell by his lingo he's from the south. And this poor guy in the middle of all this seat is pushing this open trash bucket down this alleyway to pick up all the bottles and everything else. And well, in the meantime, this guy to my left takes his bottle cap and puts it in his middle finger and he flicks it. And he was trying to get it to go into the um, the dumpster. The trash, yeah. Hit him with it. Mm. And I looked at him, I thought, Phew. you know, I mean, the stuff that went in a split second, the guy ran up, picked up the bottle cap, went over and shook the guy's hand. He says, man, I'm so sorry, man. I, I'm an idiot. I was trying to get in a- and this little Mexican smile, you know. And I'm looking at this guy thinking he was such a jerk. Right. But he was the nicest guy in the world. How cool is that? So it's how you stereotype people, how, you know, how you look at the world and how you're prepped. If we all walk around paranoid and thinking fear all the time, we're going to be fearful of everybody, no matter what skin color or culture you come from. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying be alert, be observant on your own feelings and how this all conjures up and where it's directed and fix it and become better. By working at it well, What you just said was
1: Basically worry about yourself Not others And that comes down To self-awareness Of your mind
0: Your body and Not the, and self-indulgence your That's right And what that is That's this show Yep What Absolutely. do we call the show Attack Life Not Others Not Others yeah. Good way to end it Thank you Thank you for listening To Attack Life Not Others Subscribe to our podcast And for more on Our way of life Through the martial arts Go to HooverKarate.com
1: this has been a Steve Mittenin social media creation.
0: creation,
1: creation. Steve MitteninSocialMedia. dot com. Dot com. Dot com.